Hey creeps, I'm Taylor and this is TGI Crime Day Spooky Season. and welcome to today's spooky episode. I will be honest, I've had this idea for a few months now and I'm so happy I finally get to start this series. Today is part one of urban legends from every state. We've got everything. Cryptids, ghosts, witches, graveyards, everything in between. This has been so much fun to put together and I hope you also enjoy it because I really enjoyed researching it. Also, I'm going to break these up a little bit so there will be about four parts posted over the next few weeks um, with some other episodes in between. So if you have any suggestions of spooky topics you would like me to cover, please let me know in the comments. And if you have any of your favorite haunted places, unexplained events, anything in that strange and unusual category, because like our friend Lydia Dietz says, we are all strange and unusual. Two quick reminders, my Spooky Season merch is available now. It will be linked in the description box of this episode or in the show notes if you are listening audio only. That design will only be available until the end of October. So if you want to get the cute Investigoogler skeleton design, grab it while it's hot. And I'm begging you to send me your personal spooky stories. I really want to do a Listener Files episode. Um, So if you've had a haunting, if you've seen Bigfoot, if you had a cousin who was abducted by aliens... Tell me all about it so I can share it in a future episode. You can email those to tgicrimeday at gmail.com. As always, thank you for being here with me and let's get started. I feel like I wish we could like sit in a Winnebago all together and drive around the country and I can tell you these spooky tales, but I guess sitting at my laptop pretending to talk to you in person will be good enough for me. So as we get started on our creepy trip around the U.S., I wrote each state on a piece of paper and stuck them in this jar to keep it interesting. So I'm going to just draw them at random rather than doing like alphabetical order. Okay. So here we go. Up first is Georgia. Do I have any Georgians that listen to this show or watch it on YouTube? Okay, here we go. Georgia. I have heard of cursed objects before, but nothing quite like the cursed pillar in Augusta, Georgia. In the 1800s, this pillar was a part of the downtown Augusta market, and there was an evangelist who was posted up next to this pillar to preach, and when the authorities came and told him to get out, he was so angry that he put a curse on the town saying that everything would be blown away except for that pillar. Strangely enough, a freak tornado whipped its way through the market, and just as the preacher had promised, everything was ruined except for the pillar. It was the only thing left perfectly standing. The tornado apparently wasn't enough of a warning that this pillar was cursed, and the legend grew that anyone who even touched it would die. In 1931, the mayor hired a PR person to basically spread the word of the cursed pillar and tell everyone to not touch it. And accounts up to the 1950s talk about highway workers who were struck by lightning or even crushed by machinery when they tried to move this pillar. The pillar has been destroyed and for some reason rebuilt by similar car crashes in 1935 and 1958. It was once again destroyed by an out-of-control car in December of 2016, and the city said that they would rebuild it, but as far as I can tell, that hasn't happened yet probably for the best if it's a cursed pillar that's ruining everyone's lives and wrecking their cars. Up next, Alabama. The urban legend I chose from Alabama is spooky and also kind of sad. Tucked away in Alabama's oldest and largest cemetery is a small playground that people swear is haunted. The Maple Hill Cemetery was founded on two acres in the 1820s and has grown to encompass 100 acres with over 80,000 graves. 
In an attempt to create a safe space for children to go while visiting the cemetery or attending funerals, there was a small playground that was built. And this playground is kind of hidden away in a low spot of the cemetery and is surrounded by trees on all three on three of the sides. So the front point is the entrance and it's open, but behind you are trees and rocks and what I feel like would seem all kinds of creepy places for things or people to hide. I personally don't think I could get myself to sit on a swing facing away from the tree line without my imagination getting the best of me. In 2007, the cemetery began running out of room for burials, so they tore down the playground to make more room. People were outraged by this and eventually a new playground was built and they decided that they would never tear it down again. The locals say that these swings will sway back and forth on their own. Sometimes orbs of light will float around the playground in the evenings, and even small misty figures have been spotted playing around the playground. Two popular stories that are equally sad explain the ghostly children. The first is that the Spanish influenza caused the deaths of many children whose spirits stayed behind to enjoy some afterlife fun in this cemetery. The other is also a very sad and bleak story. But it goes that in the 60s, there were children going missing. And eventually someone found a child's skull in the limestone quarry near the cemetery. When a search was done, more children's bones were found and they thought that it was possibly a serial killer, but the killer was never caught. So that's why they believe that the children stay and haunt the cemetery's playground. In a cemetery that size, I don't know how there wouldn't be some spirits that hung around. Up next. Nebraska. Far beneath the city of London, Nebraska is a 700 foot long cave. Some of this cave is natural and other parts were man-made to connect the different areas so that it would span that 700 feet. With all of these different areas combined, it creates a tunnel that is 5,600 cubic feet. That seems like a lot of space to me to be in the dark, not knowing what's ahead of you or behind you. It gives me the creeps. This cave seems like something out of a movie. Every inch is filled with names and dates and symbols and writing carved into the soft Dakota sandstone. For nearly two centuries, this cave has been used by all kinds of people, the good, the bad, and the truly terrifying. For many years, the tunnels were unregulated and people could just come and go as they pleased. Rumor has it that a part of the cave that is blocked off connects to the nearby state penitentiary and that prisoners would take this route in an attempt to escape but they would wander off and get lost into the depths of the cave, never to see the light of day again. This cave became known as the Robber's Cave. Before the Robber's Cave Tour Company took over and became an official tour site, a few years ago, the area was supposed to be off limits, but we all know that just because something is off limits doesn't mean people actually follow that rule, and there were definitely people adventuring out on their own tours with a flashlight and maybe some ghost hunting equipment. There are endless accounts of people hearing horrible screams, maniacal laughter, and even voices echoing through the tunnels. Whether those noises actually happened, I'm not sure, but I think standing in a narrow part of the cave with no light to guide your footsteps, I think you would hear all kinds of things, whether it was real or imaginary. Montana. The old Montana Prison Museum in Deer Lodge is definitely haunted. In July of 1871, the prison incarcerated its first person, and pretty much from the beginning, that prison was a nightmare. The living conditions were disgusting, even for a prison, and the prison quickly became overcrowded, and there were multiple prison riots. The most notorious one happened in 1959, when three prisoners attacked the guards and took their rifles. They held 26 prisoners hostage and shot and killed a deputy. 
For over 100 years, this prison was used to hold some of the most awful and violent criminals. Many, many people died within its walls, and some say many of these spirits never left. The prison was shut down and soon after turned into a museum, and basically right away, the paranormal activities began. Certain areas of the prison have unexplained cold spots, mist will rise in some of the rooms, and fleeting shadow figures dart around the dark hallways. Most often reported is an overwhelming feeling of dread. One area of the prison was used for solitary confinement, and the prisoners called it the hole. Doesn't sound great. Many prisoners died in the hole, and something evil is still lurking around. Multiple people have claimed to be shoved hard or attacked by some unseen force in this area of the prison. These attacks are often accompanied by a whispering that's just barely too quiet to make out what it's saying. Pennsylvania. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there is rumored to be a mystical bus that only picks up passengers in dire situations. If you find yourself wandering the streets of Philadelphia, lost in your thoughts, debating the answer to life's toughest questions, you may suddenly snap out of your contemplation, only to notice a bus heading your way. Whether or not you are looking for a bus stop, something in your gut will tell you that this bus is the next step on your journey. As it approaches, you notice the marquee is blank, which feels very fitting since you had nowhere to be anyways. As the bus gets closer, you wait for it to slow down. Closer and closer it gets, but then it passes you by. Without knowing what you're doing, your feet compel you to run after it. Finally, the driver slams on the brakes and the doors creak open. You climb on board the silent bus. The driver does not look at you or take the money you offer them. As you walk to an empty seat, all of your fellow travelers seem distant, staring out the windows deep in thought. You settle in and the bus lurches forward. You begin to review every moment that led you to this point on a bus to nowhere. Only a few moments go by when suddenly you have a breakthrough. You've solved the problem in your mind. The grudge you've been holding on to loosens from your grip. Your heart feels healed from the heartbreak. Ready to leap into the next phase of your life, you stand and head toward the front of the bus. As you look around, you notice that some of the passengers you started your journey with are gone, replaced by passengers you must not have noticed slowing down for. As you step your feet back onto firm ground, things seem different. How long had you been on that bus? Hours? Days? Longer? All you know is that you feel ready to face whatever the universe throws at you. You head out into the world with a confidence you've never felt before. The bus to nowhere is rumored to only appear to people who are desperate enough to find answers, but it's up to you to flag it down and start your journey. North Carolina. In 1953, reports of a monstrous cat-like creature began swirling around the town of Bladenboro, North Carolina. The monster was about three feet long and had a very long tail. It made a noise like a woman screaming, and worst of all, it sucked the blood out of its victims. At first, it was just attacking animals. Multiple dogs were found with their blood drained. But eventually, it attacked a human. On the evening of January 5th, a woman named C.E. Kinslaw heard the sound of dogs whimpering outside of her house, and when she went to investigate, she saw a huge cat-like creature bounding toward her. Her husband heard her screaming and ran to help, and he also saw the beast, which was frightened and fled into the woods. News of the beast of Bladenboro traveled around surrounding towns, and hunters gathered together vowing to find and end this monster. The people of Bladenboro were terrified and refused to leave their houses after dark. The hunters were out searching night after night when eventually the mayor took charge. One morning, he presented the town with the corpse of a large bobcat that a farmer had killed and claimed that it was the beast that had been wreaking havoc on their town. Two men hung it up on a flagpole with a sign that read, This is the beast of Bladenboro. Many people believe that this was not the actual beast and that the mayor was just trying to 
give a sense of calm, give some kind of an answer to the craziness that had been happening in the town, and to get the hunters to leave. And perhaps the beast of Bladenborough was still lurking out in the swamps, waiting to attack again. Illinois. Resurrection Cemetery in Chicago, Illinois spans over 540 acres, making it one of the largest cemeteries in the U.S. There are countless ghost stories from the cemetery, and supposedly the most famous ghost in Chicago is the story of Resurrection Mary. If you're from Chicago, is that true? Imagine you're out dancing one night at the Willowbrook Ballroom when a beautiful young woman in a white party dress catches your eye from across the room. She comes towards you and you ask her to dance. As she pulls you closer, you notice that her hands are ice cold. After your dance, she slips away through the crowd and vanishes. This could be the ghost of Resurrection Mary, who was out dancing with her boyfriend one night at the Willowbrook Ballroom, previously known as the O. Henry Ballroom, and at some point, Mary and her boyfriend got into a fight, so she stormed out and decided to walk home on her own. The legend goes that while she was walking home, she was hit by a car and later buried at the Resurrection Cemetery. Since her death, people have reported seeing a woman in a white dress hitchhiking, but she'll vanish before she gets into the car. Multiple cab drivers have said that they picked up Mary one night and she asked to go to the cemetery, but when they got there, she was suddenly outside of the cab without opening the door. The most chilling part of Mary's legend is when one night, a man saw a woman in a white dress locked inside the cemetery after the gates had been closed for the evening. He said that she was clutching the bars of the gate, calling out for help. And when he returned after calling the police, the woman was gone, the cemetery was quiet, no one was around. But the bars that she had been seen near were now warped and looked like they'd been scorched. There are photos of these bars, and they look like someone had been trying to pry them open. Nevada. We can't talk about Nevada without mentioning one of the greatest urban legends of all time, or a conspiracy theory, depending who you ask. Put your tinfoil hats on, we're talking about Area 51. Area 51 is a mysterious government facility that allegedly is filled with alien species and UFOs. The secrecy surrounding Area 51 has led to all kinds of speculation. The official story is that it's classified due to national security, which, of course, only makes people want to know more. The stories that surround Area 51 range from UFO research, alien autopsies, and even time travel. For decades, people have believed that the government is investigating aliens and UFOs. The government, of course, has always denied this. But then in 2020, the Pentagon released information that a program called the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force was essentially put together to look into UFOs. And that doesn't have to mean aliens, but like, come on. Putting a secret military base in the middle of the desert and then denying alien activity for years and then being like, surprise, we have a UFO squad, it's going to make people wonder and they're going to fill in the blanks on their own. Personally, I'm here for it. Let's talk. One of the most famous stories to come from Area 51 is the story of Mike and Fran Oram. According to Mike, in 2004, he and his wife were abducted by, quote, sinister military-dressed beings outside of Area 51. These beings took them through a portal to another dimension so that the beings could perform experiments on them. Luckily, a being that Mike calls his space brother, which is an alien that I guess watches over him, was there to take care of them and ordered their captors to set them free. Mike said that his space brother took him on his own ship to do kind of like a detox after what happened. After this alleged experiment, Fran said that she would never set foot on American soil again. What do you think? Are there aliens in Area 51? There's probably not aliens there anymore. I'm sure that they've moved them if they did exist. Arkansas. Near Scott, Arkansas stands the only remaining evidence of the Plum Bayou culture. Some people call it the Stonehenge of Arkansas, but the official name is the Toltec Mounds Archaeological State Park. 
The Plum Bayou people built 18 large dirt mounds meant to serve as ceremonial, religious, governmental, and social grounds with at least one mound acting as a burial ground. Three of these mounds remain standing and the tallest one is 48 feet tall. These mounds were built in very specific spots and archaeologists believe that some of them were built on the spots so that these people could tell what time of year it was to know the best time to plant um, certain crops. So today they just look like big beautiful grassy hills in a gorgeous park. But they are so much more than that. Archaeologists have done their best to piece together the history of the Plum Bayou people but they've uncovered some items that cannot be traced to any other Native American cultures. By all accounts, it seems like these people just disappeared, with no clues as to why they left or where they went. Visitors to the present-day park have claimed to see strange lights, floating orbs, and even ghostly apparitions. At night, footsteps have been heard around the mounds, but no one ever approaches. Indiana Nestled in the unincorporated community of Cloverfield, Indiana, there is a small cemetery known to the locals as 100 Steps Cemetery. If the legends whispered around a campfire are true, then a visit to this cemetery could give you a glimpse into your future, but you might not want to know it. First, you must visit the cemetery on a night darker than the others. The clouds covering the skies may be on a new moon. When you get to the cemetery, it will feel even darker, so dark that you can barely see your hand in front of your face. This is when you will start your journey up the cracked and uneven steps, counting as you go, until finally you land on the 100th step at the very top. Out of the darkness, a figure approaches. This is the ghost of the cemetery's original undertaker, and he possesses a power to show you a vision of how you will meet your unfortunate end. The vision of your own death plays vividly in your mind, and then he's gone. You turn on shaking legs and begin the descent, counting back down as you go. Keep a close eye on how many steps you count because if you don't count 100 steps, that means your death will remain a mystery. But if you land exactly on 100 again, then the Undertaker's vision will come true. Some people try to cheat the Undertaker and walk on the grassy hill to the side of the steps, but this plan is quickly put to a stop when a ghostly presence pushes them down. Many have claimed to find a red handprint, the mark of the devil, that stays on their skin for days. Maryland in 1971, the Edwards family of Bowie, Maryland were horrified when they found their previously missing dog dead and in very bad shape along Fletcherton Road. After an article appeared in the newspaper about their dog's attack, a group of teenage girls came forward and said that they had seen something terrifying in the woods right around the area that the dog was found. Their report, along with others who came forward, was that they had heard strange noises and seen an animal-like figure walking around on its hind legs. Could this be the elusive goat man out to wreak havoc on the people of Bowie once again? Rumor has it that years earlier, a scientist working at the Beltsville Agricultural Research Center was experimenting with animal DNA. An experiment he was working on went terribly, terribly wrong when goat DNA came into contact with the scientist's blood and he mutated into a hideous half-goat. He became very violent and ran into the woods. And since then, he'd lost all sense of his human self and couldn't stop himself from attacking humans and animals that would enter this part of the woods. For decades, it's been said that if you park your car along Governor's Bridge Road at night, the goat man, thirsty for your blood, will run at your car wielding an axe. Not a chance I'm personally willing to take. And last one for today... Why is this stuck? Louisiana. This is a good one to end on. I Louisiana had so many good stories. I honestly could do an entire episode of urban legends and spooky tales from Louisiana. 
fantastic. I want to visit there so bad and go see all of these spooky things. Okay, here we go. It was hard to choose just one story from Louisiana, but the one I went with is the legend of the Rougarou. The word Rougarou originated from the French word Lougarou, Lou meaning wolf, Garou meaning man who turns into an animal. Again, not French. I'm doing my best pronunciation. I'm sorry if I offend you. <laughs> so essentially, it's a werewolf. Based on what I read in the Cajun dialect, the word Lougarou was eventually changed into Rougarou because it rolls off the tongue better, which I agree. I like the sound of that better. In 16th century France, people used to use the Lougarou as a way to explain away crimes. If someone burns down your house, Lougarou. If your fields were picked clean overnight, Lougarou. A werewolf did it, obviously. If people were acting strange, they would be pointed at for being a Lougarou and there would be a trial and they would stand the person in front of the village and ask everyone if they thought this person was a Lougarou. Everyone in the village would say yes for fear of accused of being a witch or for themselves being pointed at as a werewolf. When many of the French migrated to Canada and the southern United States, this legend went with them, thus the birth of the Louisiana Rougarou. The French said the Lougarou would turn from person to wolf at will, and a person could be cursed and turned into a Lougarou if they weren't following the rules of the Catholic Church. Yikes. The Cajun legend sometimes says that the curse of the Rougarou is because the person didn't follow the rules of Lent, similar to the French telling. Another version of the story often is told that the Rougarou has been cursed for 101 days unless they can break the curse by transferring it to another person. This curse could have come from a local witch or a voodoo priestess. This was all just supposed to be a legend, sometimes to warn children to behave or else the Rougarou would come for them, but there have been countless reports of some kind of beast lurking in the Louisiana swamps that people think could be a real-life Rougarou. I hope you have enjoyed the first leg of our trip around the spooky stories of the U.S. Um, this has been a really fun episode for me to film, so if you have any personal connections to these stories, have you seen a Rougarou or did your family go look for the goat man on the bridge? I would love to know. Send me your emails or if you have another story from your home state that you feel like is even better than these, send those to me. I would love to hear them. I hope that you are enjoying the spooky season content. I have a lot more fun things planned. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribed either on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your audio podcasts and send me your emails to tgicrimeday at gmail.com and I will see you next time. Stay spooky.